Welcome to the Police Fit Podcast, where applicants and serving officers can learn how to smash their fitness test and regain their health. With over 11 years experience in the fitness industry and 17 years service in the military and as a first responder, your host, Brad Williams, shares his experience and expertise in helping applicants get their dream job and serving members regain their health. Learn how to increase your health and fitness with actionable steps for first responders by a first responder. So please enjoy this episode of the Police Fit Podcast. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Um, just quickly, first before we um, rip into the podcast today, I went and watched my daughter, she's in year one, I went. they had a cross-country um, race, so cross-country for them was like one lap of the oval, um, and then back in again, so maybe like 500 metres. Um, and I was just observing something while she was uh, racing and running around, that Although, obviously, you had your kids at the front, your slower kids at the back, every time every time a kid was overtaken by another kid, it made them speed up. There was that competitive nature there. Um, and even the kids at the back, like, they were kind of battling against each other. And I was just, um, I don't know, obviously, I'm always thinking about fitness and, and um, self-development, self-improvement or whatnot. And I was just thinking, I was just wondering when, um, you know, when do when do we decide... It's like it's ingrained in us being humans from a, a young age, our competitive nature. And I saw that today with the kids. Like they they all wanted to do better and they and some of them knew they weren't gonna win, obviously, but they when they were getting overtaken by another kid that was a little bit quicker, it made them speed up, it made them push harder. Um, and I just wonder when, you know, when do we lose or adults, when do they lose that competitive that competitive spirit or it kind of stops becoming you know, that competitive nature, we lose it. And then that's when our fitness drops off or I just don't, um, I don't know. I was having to think about it. I might do a, po- a post on it later. I'll have a think, I'll have a think and get my thoughts up online about it. But um, it was just interesting to see, like, um, it was great. The kids were awesome. Like, they, were, they were loving it and all racing each other. But just a just a little side side thought to get us a bit off track to start off the podcast. But yeah, I'll do a post about it later. I'll have a, I'll have a think about it and maybe um, I'll chuck a post up about my thoughts on it. But yeah, it's interesting to see that at that age, you know, they don't, they weren't told to win, you know, it's just a, it's a, they told it's a race, but um, just that competitive nature and every single kid, regardless of where they were in the field, you know, even though if they were right at the end and the, you know, the second last and the last kid started overtaking them, you know, they would speed up and try and do better. Um, so I just wonder when, when we lose that. Cause I'll tell you right now, if you had 30 adults run a race like that, just random, random adults, like not athletes, just grabbed them. There'd be heaps of people that wouldn't give a fuck if someone was overtaking them. So <laughs> I just wonder, I wonder when we lose it and that impact it has on us um, as as adults with our fit, health and fitness as well. Um, so just saying, oh, I'll have a think about it and I'll put a post up. Anyways, so we're getting to the podcast. So first, first questions from uh, Tim. Hey, Brad, what type of questions do they ask in the interview? Best way to answer them. Um, do they always bring you in for interviews or is it only people that have questions that have questions for regarding medicals, fitness tests, etc.? Now, Firstly, on the second part of your question, what I'll do is I'll put a post up um, in the, because you're in New South Wales, the New South Wales recruit page, um, and just ask, because I'm not sure with that one, um, what's the reasoning for them to bring you in, whether it's um, where you live, how easily you can get to the interview location, or 
you know, that type of thing. But I have covered um, questions for the interview. So basically behavioral-based questioning. And I use the STAR method to answer answer questions. So situation, task, action, result. Um, I have done a video on this. I'll put that video in the um, notes section below. Now, if you're not in the Police Fit members page, um, which everyone has free access to, um, you'll have to join that to view that video. But I'll put a link. I have answered that. I'll put a link in the show notes below. Um, next one I've also answered in detail um, from Rochelle. Uh, basically, I'm struggling with the push-ups. Um, the slow military style destroys me. Um, basically, with push-ups, if you specifically have to do the slow military style ones and you need to train them. Um, but I have done a push-up video and a push-up podcast. So um, I, will, I will chuck that in the show notes below. So basically, um, yeah, I've got a, a push-up video and then the podcast. So best exercise for push-up podcast. So I'll put that in the show notes below. Right, let's get into the questions. Um, first one's from Andrea. What are the best exercises for your inner thighs? <laughs> this one, this one got me really good. Ready? Oh, if you got kids in the, oh fuck, your kids probably shouldn't be listening to this shit anyways. I probably swear too much, but um, I've lost a bit of weight in the last year, and the loose skin looks like ball sacks. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, the skin obviously on the, on the inner thighs, um, is a bit loose and looks like ball sacks that when I read that for the first time, <laughs> I fucking lost it to be honest with you. Um, just imagine it. Anyways. Um, so basically you can affect your loose skin. Um, but, but it's, you do it by building muscle, muscle mass through weight training, um, an exercise, so and that and then what that does, it helps decrease the appearance of loose skin, um, especially if that skin's from weight loss. Um, if you know, if excess fat distends the skin for a long time, the skin can lose some of its ability to shrink with weight loss. So, distend what that means, it's to swell or cause to swell by pressure from the inside. So, basically, if you have been overweight for a long time, um, what that basically your skin can lose its elasticity. Um, you know, to to kind of shrink back. So for myself, if I put on weight, like if I if I'm I'm 94 kilos at the moment, 93. If I went up to 100 kilos and then lost it again, you I wouldn't really have any, I wouldn't have any loose skin. Um, because I wouldn't be at that weight for too long. But you know, if you've been overweight for a long time, um, that's going to affect the skin. Um, so even through weight training, um, although you're going to build that muscle so that it won't be as bad. All right, you still still could have some loose skin. Um, so with groin exercise specifically, stuff like squeezing the ball between your knees, um, you know, there's the one where you sit, I can't think of what it's called, but you've got the pad between the inner thighs and you're squeezing, squeezing your legs together. Um, basically just any, any general leg exercise will, will do the trick and target that area because if you think about it, the skin on your, like your inside of your thighs, your inner thighs, that's just your skin. Like it's not that, that skin's going to get pulled from, your quad say if you say oh, i'll use arms for example because it's probably easier but say if you've got um loose skin around the back of your arms right if you only do bicep exercises it's still going to pull that skin because that skin's in the same area so same thing for your legs right lunges leg press etc just your general um muscle building exercises for your legs um they'll do the trick so you're focusing on building all, all the leg muscles and that'll do the trick now 
if you have been overweight for a long time, you've lost a lot of weight, um, just through weight training, you won't be able to change it. You will change it slightly. Um, but you know, you might have to, if it is something that's really um, bothering you, um, then you might have to look at um, surgery to get the excess, excess skin removed. Um, but that's, um, that's up to you and something obviously you need to discuss with your doctor. All right. So um, yeah, any question on that, just let me know. Um, the next one's from uh, Susan. For zone two cardio, is there a range? Um, when she does the formula, her target heart rate is 134. Um, so should she stay, aim to stay in the 130 to 140? So within a range is fine. So I've only done it once where I went for a run. And so my exact number for, so just, just firstly, so basically you want to make sure you're in a steady state. So you're not going high or low for your zone two cardio. It's like steady state cardio. So you're not going sprinting and your heart rate's going really high and then you're walking and your heart rate's going really low. You just want to try and keep that steady state. Now, it is hard to stay exactly on target. So, and the other thing is too, like you, if you, if you just did a quick Google search and type in zone two training range, the, the sum will say 60 to 70, one said 73 to 80% of your max heart rate. Um, another one I read said 65 to 75. Um, what I run off and what I, we run in our program is 75%. Um, no other reason that when I was researching it, um, when I did the training on it originally, that's what it said. Um, so whether you're training at 75% or 70%, I don't think it's going to make a massive difference. Um, just as long as you're in that zone too. So it's not easy, but it's not super hard. So in saying that, like I've done a lot of zone two runs, like a lot of them. And so my zone two for 75% is 138 beats a minute. I've only once finished off my run and actually said average heart rate of 138 beats per minute. Um, so sticking within a range, um, like what you said there, your target heart rate is 134. Um, sticking in a range of 130 to 140 is perfect. Um, you know, that, that that's spot on. And at the end of the day, you're looking at your overall for the session, all right? And in saying that, your overall for the session, you want to try and keep it around that, your average heart rate for the session. Now, if you did, if you sprinted and then walked and then sprinted and walked and sprinted and walked, then your overall heart rate for that session could be in that zone two range, but it's not a true zone two steady state cardio session, right? You want to, when you're doing that session specifically, just keep it consistently within that range of, you know, for yourself, 130 to 140. So um, for myself, 138, um, I'll generally float around about, you know, 130 three to 145 um generally from when i check my um my um heart rate model when i'm running so i hope that answers that one for you um next one is from robert is there much difference to the academy in terms of what's learned in a corrections academy or is it much the same in how you deal with someone on the street so i can only talk from a police point of view um, I've never worked in corrections, but what we did have, we had at the station I was at, we had a cell, we had cells there and every station's got cells or most stations do. Um, basically we were attached to a court as well. So we would get a lot of, um, prisoners, um, coming from like the main prison or whatever, cause I had court on that day in our area. Um, so we'd go down there and we'd work the cells and we'd walk them over, um, and that kind of thing. So 
I don't think so. The thing in corrections, right? You're dealing with. You got to remember, you're dealing with offenders every single day. That's all you're dealing with, right? You're not dealing with the general public. Um, so in, you know, on the street as a police officer, yeah, you're dealing with the general public. And and I, and I don't know with corrections. I think you're from overseas, Rob. Um, with corrections over there, what exactly what their role is? But over here, you're just in the prisons, basically. Um, so as a the main difference, obviously, being as a as a um, working in corrections, you're dealing with um, criminals basically the whole time. Whereas as a police officer, you're dealing with the general public. Um, that might not be criminals, but also they could be very um, you know acting erratically um, due to whatever you know maybe they've just been assaulted or their partner's been assaulted or whatever. Um, but basically, for myself, and this is just my point of view, and people might see this differently, but um, yeah, this is just my point of view. <clears throat> you still talk to people. I I talk to people the same way, you know, whether whether a violent offender or you know just general Joe on the street. I'll I'll, I'll treat him with respect. Um, I definitely won't talk down to them. Like I I worked with a guy who would just fucking jack people up. Like it. He would rock up like, and I'll tell you about a job one day. So we had these offenders. They had, there were three of them in the car. They had stolen plates. Um, we hadn't confirmed that they were stolen, but they weren't matching the car. And um, I was talking to them. We had three offenders. So there was me and another person. We had them cuffed. And I was just talking to them. They were, they were sitting down. They were super compliant. I was like, hey, guys, you know, what's happened? So obviously, you know, let's, let's go with the plates because they don't match the car. You've got other plates in the back seat, like, you know, what, what's going on? Obviously, we're going to, you know, I told them to rest, all that kind of shit. But it was basically, I just spoke to them like, you know, at the end of the day, that like, you don't need to fucking lecture them. You know, they know what they're doing. They know what they've done wrong. And I, I just talked to them and say, hey, guys, what's going on? You know, what, what's going on with the plates? You know, look, at the end of the day, it's up to you if they say anything. But, you know, obviously, I'm assuming they're stolen. They haven't been reported stolen yet because you've grabbed them just recently. But, you know, what, what's the go? And, one of them was like the guy sitting in the back. He was like, "Yeah, look, guys, it was me. I told them, you know, they the whether the two in the front knew what was going on or not, but he said that they didn't. But basically, he just said, you know, look, we um, I told them to pull over in the car park of the pub, and I just went around and took a couple of plates off the cars. He goes, this was the pub, you know, this is the about time we were there. Um, so they've got footage here and shit. So he he was just like gave me everything, you know, gave me everything. I was like, yeah, cool. And then um, this guy rocked up. And the first thing he said was, what have you fucking idiots done? From then, they just shut up. They would not say a word. So I'd get them back, go to put them on tape. They would not say a word. Made no comment interviews. Made my job as the investigating member a whole fucking lot harder because this dickhead just rolls up. And that's the first thing he says. What, you fucking idiot? Well, what have you fucking idiots done? Like, well, <laughs> there was no need for it. Um, and it just gets people offside straight away. Um, and... Now, if you talk to people with respect, don't talk down to them. Your policing crew will be a fucking whole lot better. Now, I'm not going to say you're not you're there cuddling everyone and you know telling everyone how nice they are and how good they are, but just treat people with respect. Don't talk down to them, and your career is going to be a whole lot easier. Um, another thing too, like I would, I would always be conscious of a previous encounter. So something that you'll get told to you, um, and serving members will know this already, but. 90% of your time you're dealing with 5% of the population because they're just the same people that you're dealing with all the fucking time. Okay, so you're going to run into the same people over and over again. Now, I would always be conscious of a previous encounter I had. And, you know, when you when you get in the job and you look up people, you can get like their background history, 
the dossier and like just basically how they've been. So it might have on there um, has been known to assault police. So in my head, I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. I'm going, okay, I understand. Yeah, it has got a tendency to assault police. So I'm going to I'm going to be cautious to that. I'm going to keep that in the back of my head, but I'm not going to treat him like a piece of shit. Right, I'm going to be talk to him with respect. You know, I'm not going to talk down to him, but I am going to be conscious. Okay, this guy has attacked coppers in the past, right? So I'm going to be conscious of that because at the end of the day, and I don't want to say all of them, but a lot of the people you're dealing with are going to be drug affected, alcohol affected. So the person they are when they're drug or alcohol affected is not the person they are when they're sober. And I think we can all kind of relate to that in some way. Like everyone's like, not everyone, but most people have got another piss done something they regret and you're like oh, that's not that's not me that drunk drunk me is not me right so think about that so think about the the times you're dealing with these people probably when they're offending they're probably you know drug affected or alcohol affected so that person they are in that time is not a true representation of who they are so you know in two weeks time when you see them again maybe they were drug affected maybe they had a swing yeah you know you did what you had to do arrested them yeah, you might see them like a week later. Like, be be conscious. Be conscious of the fact that last time they had a swing at you. But remember, the person they are today is probably not the same person they were two weeks ago. Um, you know, and we we had a guy that used to come into the cells a lot. He was um he was addicted to ice, and just a fucking just come across as a really good good bloke, like someone you'd love to have a beer with. But like he was he was an ice addict, and he'd continuous continually offend and. Yeah, he'd, he'd be in the cells and he was great to deal with, like super nice, super polite. Um, yeah, I'd say to him, we go, what's going on, mate? He goes, oh, fucked up again. You know, got, got back on the gear and broke into a house or whatever. Um, and I look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a believer. I'm not, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to tell you how to make your career easier, basically. Like, I'm not all fucking beer and Skittles and rainbows and lollipops and saying you should cut all these people and tell them it's going to be okay. But, now, if you if you treat them with respect, it's just going to make your life a whole lot easier. You know, do some of them deserve that? Probably fucking not. But this isn't about them. This is about making your life easier, making your life safer. All right. So you think about it, if you can if you can generally draw the situation down and talk to them with respect. You know, be conscious of the fact that you know you're not being an asshole to them for no reason. Like there are times when you have to get hands on and, you know, tell people to fucking calm down and swear at them or whatever. But, you know, if you can always kind of calm the situation down, talk to them, get a good rapport going, it's going to make it so much easier during your investigation, during the arrest, when you get them back and do interviews, it's just going to be a whole lot easier for yourself. Like don't, it's already a fucking hard job. It's already an unsafe job. Don't make it harder and don't make it more unsafe. Basically is what I'm saying. So like I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to come across as a believer because I'm definitely not like, you know, you're dealing with the same fucking people over and over and it can be frustrating, but just make your job a lot easier. And remember like you're not there, you're not there to be their friends. So don't fucking try and be their friends. Be genuine. Like they know you're, you're a police officer. They're the offender. Like they know they can understand. They can smell bullshit. Like just be upfront with them, um, you know, and just, just make your life a whole lot easier. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I went a bit of a fucking bit of a rant there, but, um, yeah, basically I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you've sent it in corrections. Anyone that works in corrections, like if you talk down to someone, it's going to get them offside straight away and, and, and not all of them, but 
you got to remember, like a, a lot of the people we're dealing with, and you see it um, from young offenders, especially might be from broken homes. Maybe you know their fathers or mothers were abusive or whatever. So they've always been, well, not always been, but a lot of times they've been spoken down to or talked to like they're shit. Um, you know, so all, already like they, you know, there's that confrontation straight away where they've got their back up and. But I went to a, went to a job. Um, so obviously, like some of you know, um, I'm a firefighter now. But like, I went to a job um, where it was like a kind of halfway boarding house for young kids, and they set fire, set a little fire in the backyard, and we were there to put it out. And this kid walked out, and I looked at him because he walked out the door. And the first thing he said, and I'm about to say the C bomb. Um, so for people that don't like it, cover years. But the first thing he said, he looked at me, and goes, "What are you fucking looking at, cunt?" <laughs> this this kid was like 13 years old, right? And I just thought, I just thought, man, like what, I felt sorry for him because I'm like, what type of upbringing has he had or role models has he had in his life where that's the first thing he says to someone that's in a uniform um, trying to put out a fire, you know, like that, that just blew my mind. Not blew my mind, but it was just like, instead of like getting my back up and going like, don't talk to me about that kind of thing. Like I just kind of flipped it around and went, fuck you poor kid, like, Imagine that that's that's been your upbringing where that's acceptable in your head. Um, yeah, and he's 13. He's still trying to work his own life out, um, you know, so just something to think about. Um, a lot of them, you know, have been probably treated like shit or spoken to like shit. So doing the same thing is, is going to produce the same results. So try something different. Um, so I just wanted to reiterate, like, I'm not a believer. Okay. Now I've gotten out of the job. I haven't, I haven't switched sides. <laughs> um, there's still offenders at the end of the day. So, um, treat them as such, but treat them with respect. Okay. It's going to make your life a whole lot easier. Like, and everyone's worked with, I used to work with a guy. He just fuck, would always get into arguments with crooks and that. And like, cause I'm like, I'm quite a larger guy. Um, I can't handle myself. So he would take that as a as a kind of like a green light to get people offside because he knew that if it was to go hands on, we'll be okay. Um, but I fucking hated that. I, I hated working with him. I just had a Harley go past. If you heard that, <laughs> um, I hated working with him because I knew that every day I worked with him, he'd fucking piss someone off and get them offside, and would probably end up getting into a wrestle or something like that. Um, it was just super annoying. So don't be that guy. All right, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Um, all right, sorry, I'll make thrash around his Harley. He's come back again. <laughs> oh, they're noisy. All right, um, next one's from Joshua. Uh, so his question is on steps. Basically, um, how much attention should I be paying to how many steps I do a day? Yeah, if I hit my planned sessions and focus on nutrition, should that be enough? So uh, Josh is one of our um, current one-to-one clients. So depending on your goal and your job. Um, and I say that because I know the program he's doing, obviously. Um, so if your goal, and this is talking in general, so if your goal is more general movement, um, you know, maybe you're trying to get back into training or you're just trying to, you're in a bit of a slump and you just want to make sure you're moving more, um, then yes, set yourself a step goal for each day. Um, it's something, you know, something you can, you can track, something achievable, something you can work towards. You know, it's a great little goal. So something that a lot of people... A lot of people push for his 10, 10K steps a day. Um, it's something that you have to consciously do. And if you, it is quite difficult. If, if, you're, if you're a desk worker, right? And you think about this, right? So if you, you leave home, drive to the train station, jump on the train, get a train to work, 
it's a three minute walk to your office. You sit down all day, three minute walk back to the train station, get a train home, drive back to your house. You've done fuck all steps. Um, so to, if you hit a hit, hit a um a target for ten thousand steps a day, it's actually quite it's quite hard. Um, you know, people just think they can just just hit it, but um, give it a crack if you haven't. It's it's good, it's good to do. Um, but basically. Yeah, if you're if you're hitting all your planned sessions for the week, depending on what they are. So I know the program is on; it's quite difficult. Um, so if you're in running and that, so if you're hitting all your planned sessions for the week, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, Susan, who commented on it, she's one of our other one-to-one clients. Um, I definitely wouldn't worry about it because um, I know how hard you're training and the training you're doing. Um, you know, if, if you wanted to something like so, I'll split it into two. Right, so the first person is just you know working at office isn't on really a specific training program that is kind of want more movement in the day. Yeah, and yeah, 10,000 steps a day is great. Um, if you're on the other side, one of our one-to-one clients or running one of our programs or running another specific program you're following and you just kind of wanted to make sure you had some level of activity, activity every day, um, then like doing something like on a rest day, setting a goal for 10,000 steps can also work for yourself. Um, you know, having that steps are easy because regardless of how tired you are and how sore you are, you can just go walk. Um, it's not running. You can just go for a walk and it's great for your recovery as well. Um, so that's something else you can do just on your recovery day or your rest day, put a goal in for 10,000 steps. Um, I personally have never never worried about it or really planned it into my programming. I remember when we had Fitbits um, back in the day, um, me and a few mates were just you know, all working together. We're just trying to see if you can get the most amount of steps. Um, but that was just fucking around. It wasn't anything any particular or anything um, purposeful. Um, so I haven't, I haven't really done it or really worried about it into my program. Um, if you're already following a program and hitting it consistently, I, I wouldn't stress about this. Um, you know, but it, it can be a really good motivator to make sure you're staying consistent with your movement or getting you back into moving better. Um, you know, like it, and some people do it just kind of, just kind of get it, get themselves into a habit of, you know, each day, making sure they're doing something. I think that's very important. Um, I know for myself, if I kind of, I I feel much better mentally. Um, if I'm hitting six, six sessions per week of training um, that are kind of like at, you know, 70 to 80, maybe 90%, I feel better because that training consistency than I would if I just did like three sessions at 100%. Now, they're both probably going to achieve the same desired outcome. But just mentally for me, I know I work better, operate better when I am hitting that training consistency um, over that intensity. So it's still important to have both of them. Um, but that's just that's just for me. So just think about that. Like if, you, if you're trying to get a bit more movement and maybe you're in a bit of a slump and you're just going to go, okay, on top of my training, you know, maybe your training's been okay, but it hasn't been great. You know, I'm going to hit 10,000 steps a day. And what that does also, just make sure that, you know, consciously throughout the day, you're thinking about your health and fitness. You're thinking about your training. Um, and I'll talk about this with my greens powder supplement. Like I take it because I know it's good for me, but also my mindset, I'm taking my supplements. That's another thing I'm doing every day. That's me being mindful towards my health and fitness and my health and fitness goals. Um, so it's just maybe something else you can do maybe start off on 5,000 steps a day, um, whatever you want to do. But it's just something you can add in as well. So for yourself, I wouldn't, Josh, I wouldn't stress about it. Um, Susan, I wouldn't stress about it. But it's something you can add in on like a rest day if you want to. Um, thanks for all the questions again.
I hope you like all my rants. Um, <laughs> I do go off on a bit of a tangent sometimes, but you know, um, it's some stuff that I'm quite passionate about. So uh, if you have any questions at all, hit me up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Now, I'm going to ask you to do what everyone else asks you to do as well. Can you please subscribe, like, and share the podcast? The more people we can get it in front of, the more people we can help. Now, on that too, if you've got any questions at all, please shoot me a message on Facebook. I'll cover it off in the podcast. I'll give you the most amount of information that I can. And please, if you need help with your fitness, training, mindset, anything, please reach out and ask me. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you out. You just need to ask. Thanks, guys.